Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. District of Conservation is sponsored by CFACT. To learn more about our sponsor, head over to CFACT.org. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to District of Conservation. I'm your host, Gabriella Hoffman. This podcast offers a sober examination into all things hunting, fishing, shooting sports, energy, environment, and the public policy surrounding it. And this podcast also specializes in original interviews that you won't hear elsewhere. Here's what I have for you today. We are being rejoined by Roy Hill of Brownells. Roy is the Senior Brand Communications Manager, and he is tasked with managing relationships with traditional industry media and social media influencers. He does a lot in press releases, video scripts, and other marketing materials. He is also one of my good friends in the firearms industry because of just, you go to SHOT Show, you go to POMA, you go to all these different events, and you can't help but befriend awesome people. I can vouch for him personally, and he is rejoining us on the podcast today. We are going to be breaking down kind of an industry update, what is happening in the firearms industry, because we've had record-breaking numbers of gun purchases these last few years. Last year was the third, I think, highest rate of gun purchases in the United States ever. We talk about Iowa's new constitutional amendment that enshrines the Second Amendment rights of Iowans. It becomes the 45th state to adopt this into their state constitution. We talk about kind of the threats, looming threats, maybe coming from the regulatory side, ATF specifically. We talk about how they identify and work with different influencers in their Bureau of Propaganda. And then we also talk about a very special project I worked with. I was able to build a AR for myself uh, using Brownells' help. And we talked about the process, what went into it, about this partial build and how I felt really empowered to be able to do this. We talk about the process, me getting an, going through an FFL to secure the lowers, following instructions. Obviously, this is a legal thing you can do. And why I'm going to be using it for big game hunting in Virginia, why it's compliant with that, and then also for recreational shooting. So that's a project I want you all to be aware of. Brownells is really generous and I was grateful to Roy for equipping me with all the tools needed to build my own AR. And now I have one. Really, really grateful for that. And so Brownells is great. One of the best companies in the industry. Can't recommend them enough. If you want to follow them, engage with them, they have great tips. They do a lot and they're a good organization to know. And Roy is one of the best people in the industry, hands down. So here is our conversation with Roy Hill from Brownells. Enjoy. Roy, it's so wonderful to have you back on District of Conservation. Happy New Year. Hope you're doing well. Uh, happy New Year to you. It's always a good time when I get the chance to come visit with you, Gabriella. And uh, it, it's just been too long. And I'm so glad we get a chance to talk again. I know Montana in June seems like forever ago. And I hopefully will see you at Tulsa at our upcoming conference. I hate that it has to be that long, but it looks like my schedule is going to be packed again. But at minimum, I will see you at the POMA Business Conference at our newly announced location in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Roy, what has been kind of the outlook by the firearms industry with Brownells from the last year? And what are you guys looking forward to in 2023? 
the firearms industry is in an interesting situation right now. But of course, starting in 2020 and through until about 2021, even into uh, 2022, uh, we were really in an unprecedented hyper market because uh, for all sorts of things that were going on in, in American society and culture, the pandemic, we had uh, lots of cases of civil unrest in major American cities. Uh, during the pandemic, for example, several major police departments put out public statements saying, because we're trying to protect our force against the pandemic, we, we don't know all the details yet, we are not responding to most calls. We're only going to respond to extremely dire situations, such as someone being killed or, or someone's already dead or something like that, uh, restricted the services. So lots and lots of Americans came to realize that they had to depend on themselves for their own self-protection, self-preservation. So especially through 2020 into 2021, uh, according to the numbers from the NSSF, and, and they, they keep up with these things, they put out the numbers, we had somewhere in the neighborhood of around 8 million first-time gun owners in the United States. So for 2020 and 2021 into 2022, hypermarket, huge spike in demand that's been gradually tapering off because, quite frankly, lots of folks have bought the things that they may have stretched out over a five or six year period and they all they bought them in a, in a few months time. Uh, the shortages that existed because of that hypermarket are largely dissipating now. Uh, for example, at the height of, of the hypermarket, I would play a game with folks. I'd go on their podcast and I'd play a game called Look at the Website. And I would look on the brownells.com website and we would have maybe three types of handgun ammo in stock. Now we have a whole bunch of handgun ammo in stock and a lot of rifle ammo. So what you've seen is the crazy wacko level of demand has decreased. It's getting back down to a more normal level of demand. And there's starting to be more of an abundance of products and things in stock. And then uh, you're also throughout the industry, you're, you're seeing some, uh, some companies do things like offer uh, uh rebates on certain products or other incentives to get people to buy. So we're, we're in a great period of, if you will, renormalization. That's what I've noticed too. I got that email. I get regular updates from NSSF and Mark Oliva, and they were talking about, I think how last year was the third most like gun buying year on record right. uh, in wake of the pandemic. And I think they said over 16 point, 4 million, I think, background checks were processed in total, which is unheard of and unprecedented in the grand scheme of things. So, yes, it seems like a lot of people are buying guns, but they are, you guys, like you noted, they, you guys are, as an industry, kind of anticipating kind of a slowdown now. Um, but I right. don't think it'll be any permanent drop-off. I think people will still be responding to, let's say, horrible mass shooting events, maybe the police are strained and they don't see that they can help defend them. So people want to take more things into action and, and learn how to protect themselves. People are getting concealed carry. I think Florida could become the 26th state to allow for constitutional carry very soon. Right. There's an appetite right. for that. Right. And we have to also wait to see. Uh, and I also want to ask you what your response is to some of the rules coming from the ATF and if it concerns Brownells at all. But also people I bet are responding to some of the ATF rules about firearms, short barrel rifles, things of that sort. So is that something... You guys are also paying attention to, would that affect your business model as well, some of the rules that could be handed down? Uh, that's all still yet to be seen. Of course, obviously, Brownells 
has to be aware of that type of stuff because of any sort of federal law or federal regulation directly impacts what, what Brownells does as a business. So that's something we keep a close eye on. But I mean, for example, the, uh, the brace rule was supposed to have come down in December and now it's allegedly coming near at the end of January. And there's, we don't know what it's going to be until it actually comes down. And we, cause I mean, there's been speculation and, and things posted on the internet about what the rule final rule might in fact look like, but simple, simple fact is we don't know what it is yet. Cause it hasn't been published. Right. And yes, that's something to keep tabs on. And you guys don't handle suppressors, but I know, I think by the oh, end yeah, of- we, we sell oh, suppressors, yes. I forgot about that, yes. yes so, Brownell, yeah, we like to say if it goes in a gun, on a gun, through a gun, or it is a gun, we probably sell it. And we actually do sell quite a number of suppressors. I forgot about that. My apologies. No problem. Are you guys, in, are you guys anticipating the, let's say, modernization of the forms to apply for suppressors? Because I think they said it's going to go down to to help reduce the backlog, if we can hold them to their word, to make the process more streamlined so you're not waiting almost a year to obtain a suppressor if you're a lawful American who has no criminal record? Right. Now, I personally own a few suppressors, uh, but I got them a few years ago. And as you just said, in each case, I had to wait pretty much about 11, between 11 and 13 months, depending on which suppressor it was, to get my my, my paperwork back from the ATF. Because, of course, you have to fill out uh, whichever form I, I bought two and I actually built one suppressor. So there's, there's, there's one form if you're going to buy, there's a different form if you're going to build and you have to get your tax stamp. I've seen people posting on the internet about the new e-forms and the new electronic submission. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I really haven't looked into it because I haven't been planning to buy a suppressor myself, but, uh, anything that would help speed up the NFA, the national firearms act wait times for things like suppressors, uh, we would absolutely see as a good thing. But uh, to be perfectly honest, since I haven't bought a suppressor in a few years, I, I and I'm not part of the process currently, I really don't know what, what, that, what those changes are at this point. I perhaps may endeavor to do that if it starts to get more streamlined too, because I it's perfectly legal here in Virginia. Oh yeah. I think 40, 42 states allow it. Virginia is one of them. And it does, yep. does make your hunting experience a lot more comfortable and your recreational sh- experience shooting experience a lot more comfortable as well. Oh, yes. Yes. And absolutely. so when they start to streamline the process, I think I will start to put my hat in the contention for it as well. Um, I'm not worried about getting rejected, but I know the long wait times are a big deterrent for doing that. And so, and I've, I've shot with suppressors before it's really comfortable. It's, very much maligned as a accessory people really misunderstand it and i think that's the next frontier that the firearms industry has to get into to properly educate the public about this and and show that even europe is ahead of us with this accessory that they require it for all hunting trips oh and, yeah and most target shooting experiences as well but i know at least for hunting europe does one thing right here where they're like yes let's liberalize the use of this this is necessary for you to go hunting well, suppressors, and in fact, in some European countries, I mean, you buy them at the hardware store. You just buy them over the counter. Suppressors were a last minute, if I understand the history correctly, back when the National Firearms Act was being uh, written and developed in the 1930s, that was literally a last second add-on that somebody involved with the writing legislation just threw on there. Before that, they weren't regulated at all. Uh, they're basically mufflers for your gun. And as you shot with suppressors, uh, Suppressors not only really cut down the noise and the concussion, they they reduce the muzzle blast, and on a hard-kicking gun, they actually soak up a lot of the recoil. Uh, There was an event here at Brownells 
this summer in 2022, where a, a certain company was just demonstrating their suppressor and they had it on a 375 H&H Magnum bolt action, which is one of the, the most world's most popular rifles for the big five dangerous game animals in Africa. So for like elephant, rhino, and Cape buffalo, et cetera. And it was an absolute joy to shoot that rifle off the bench because I had a suppressor on the end of it and it wasn't loud and it didn't kick very much. But oh my goodness, did it smack those steel targets at 100 yards. It was fantastic. It really does make the shooting experience overall a lot more comfortable. It's not just something James Bond uses to kill bad people <laughs> right, <laughs> or right. Hollywood and, likes to make it out to be. Right. And and people who've, who've shot suppressors, for, for a lot of folks who are not maybe as familiar with firearms, who I know may be listening to your podcast, you owe it to yourself to go to a range somewhere or an event, and you can find sometimes suppressor events. I want to give a quick plug to an organization that Brownells is, is proud to help out. Plug away. Time called the American Suppressor Association. They're a great the group. ASA. Uh, find an event where suppressors are being demonstrated and go try one out. You'll be amazed. And, and one more thing I want to say, a 22, a 22 long rifle firearm with suppressor on it is a thing of pure and simple joy. Suppress 22. Uh, two of the suppressors I own are 22 suppressors, uh, specific for rim fire firearms. And it's, they're, they're just wonderful amazing things because it's 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 like if you've ever used a staple gun it's about that loud it goes ka-chunk and and that's your shooting it's awesome sounds very good i i trust your word on this roy i want to talk to you about something that was passed in iowa actually a really good measure the constitutional amendment to codify the second amendment into iowa state constitution I'm surprised I didn't have this before, but most of your voters, I think a, a sizable majority, did vote this in to join about 44 other states, including states that are previously gun control havens. Every state, most of the states now have a constitutional protection to keep and bear arms, but they're not enforced, amazingly, whenever these right. gun control policies have been in effect. But people should know that there are now 45 states, including Iowa, that afford your right to keep and bear arms. So talk about this measure and why Iowans decided to vote for it, in your opinion. Of, in my opinion, and again, I'm a transplant to Iowa. I've been here about 11 years. I think I'm starting to get a really good handle on the state. Of the Second Amendment protection statement in the Iowa State Constitution, to mirror, to mirror the statement in the Bill of Rights, I don't think was ever really added into the Iowa State Constitution because at the time it was one of those things like, well, of course Iowans have the right to keep and bear arms. I mean, Iowans have the right to, to breathe air and drink water, Right. I mean, it was one of those things that was, I think, in the past so clearly self-evident, there was no impetus to put something like that in. But, of course, things change over time. And it came to the attention of, of the people of the state of Iowa and also the state government that, unlike, as you said, most of every other state in the union, including lots of places that have really restrictive gun control these days, Iowa had no state constitution statement about the right to keep and bear arms. So it was, it's been a bit of a saga. There were some procedural things that kept it off the ballot uh, a year earlier than it actually wound up being on the ballot. And, and there's the whole procedure that a, a, a change to the Iowa state constitution has to be voted on a couple of times. And then it has to go through the state legislature if the people of Iowa approve it. As you said, it approved and I hope I get the percentage right, but if I remember correctly, because I was paying attention to this and, and we were pretty excited about this, it passed, I think, by 66% of the popular vote, which is a pretty solid win. 
And then the other thing, the other thing that the Iowa, as it was called on the ballot, the Freedom Amendment established, is it uses the language that any law passed that somehow constrains or restricts Iowans' ability to keep and bear arms is going to be subject to strict scrutiny. And my understanding of the term strict scrutiny is that's just about the highest legal standard for judicial review of a law is it's a very close examination and comparing it to the original language and the original intent. So not only do we now have like 45 other states or however many, a state constitution statement about the right of the people in the state of Iowa to keep and bear arms, but any attempt to restrict that right will be subject to strict scrutiny in any judicial review situation. That sounds like a good thing, especially if there are any gun control items that may come across federally and maybe the state laws can help nullify the federal laws and supersede them. We'll see when it comes to that. But it was really nice to see Iowa kind of correct a longstanding kind of gap <laughs> to be able to do this. So now 45 states, as we mentioned before, have this. And I think people need to research more and, and use existing state law that protects your right to keep and bear arms against anyone who says that you don't have that. It's codified. It's enshrined. It's there for people to, to undertake and to kind of understand and, and absorb. What are some of Brownell's plans? Let's say the trade show circuit, any projects on the horizon? What is Brownells up to? I know you guys are going to have a presence at SHOT Show. It may not be the same formalized presence that is typical, but right. what can people expect from Brownells, whether it's a show circuit or anything that you guys are doing online, any initiatives, uh, interesting projects, anything you're unveiling? Sure. At SHOT Show, I'm going to be real busy at Industry Day at the range. We will have some things to show off. I'll go ahead and let uh, the listeners in on what we're showing off. There's, there's a... a, a a very famous AR-15 style design that uses a piston system called the HK-416. That's been adopted by various uh, governmental groups, uh, both in Europe and in the United States. Uh, it's renowned for its reliability and its robustness and, and its piston-driven system. Unlike, And you put together an AR-15 recently, so I know you know about Which this. Which we'll talk you know, about next, yes. This we'll talk about next. The gas tube that just lets hot gas flow into where the bolt carrier group is. On an HK-416 style, there is a piston that the, the gas drives the piston, so the hot gas itself doesn't make it into the, the chamber area or where the bolt carrier group is. So an HK-416 will run cooler, and some people say it's more reliable. So we have brand new factory new parts that we're calling the BRN4 line that are HK416 compatible. Of course, HK stands for Heckler and Co. Uh, and real HK parts in the United States, real actual German-made HK parts are basically unobtainium. And if you see them for, for sale on an auction site, they're going to be prohibitively expensive. I mean, crazy, wacko, pricey. And of course, there's HKUSA, which sells... Very similar things, but uh, still HK. So you're still going to have that HK premium. The Brownells BRN4 line of parts. And we've got pistons and bolt carrier groups and gas blocks and gas block, uh, uh, pins and coil springs and all the pieces parts that will absolutely interchange with any HK416 style gun. Or you can also just, as you did with your AR-15, just build your own. Buy the parts from us and build your own. We've got barrels. Uh, we have some actual real HK416 handguards 
Uh, in fact, we had we called them our BRN4 upper kits. So you could build a complete upper. Oh, a couple of the components are temporarily out of stock, and we have a very, very limited supply left over from a few years ago of actual real German-manufactured HK416 uppers. But again, those, those kits, we have a, a very few of those uppers left. The kits are temporarily out of stock because we're waiting on a few of the little pieces parts to come back in. But going forward, we are going to continue stocking all the BRN4 pieces parts so folks can either repair or replace their own HK416 style firearms or they can just build their own. So I'll be at range day and one of the things we'll be showing off is a, uh, a functioning HK416 style firearm with a whole bunch of Brownells BRN4 four parts on it. So that's that's one of the, the things we're really excited about. Of course, we'll also have our BRN-180 uh, with the uh, Brownells BRN-180 folding stock and, of course, the, the Brownells MPO optics on it. So if, if anybody who's listening to that, if you've got an invite to SHOT Show Range Day, hey, come see me at the Brownells booth and uh, come, come, uh, come have a little bit of fun. You guys are always fun to shoot with, whether we do it at Poma or Range Day at SHOT Show. You always are like, you have to try our products. You're going to love it. And it's always a fun experience to see the product demos with you guys. So yes, I can personally vouch for meeting with Roy and testing out Brunel's products there. And speaking of Brunel's products, since you kind of teed this up really well, we were working together and I was kind of stretching it because I love to build up anticipation and I wanted to make sure That's it was the right fine. moment. That's fine. But we collaborated. You guys were really generous enough to send a partial AR build kit for my dad and I to tinker around, we finally were able to set aside time with my busy schedule and build it up and construct it. And I was able to get a lower receiver. I went to my local FFL dealer. I got checked out, filled out the form electronically, paid the $50 transfer fee. It's all legit for anyone thinking like, oh my gosh, is she like engaging in illegal activities? No, you can build your guns and you can obviously get it through an FFL um, when doing that. And you should, of course. And you guys brought me the uppers and, and gave us the other parts. We also have to mount the scope on it that you guys sent over to very generously. And I cannot wait to use it uh, for future hunting endeavors because we made sure that it's Virginia big game compliant with the caliber size. And also it'll be perfect for target shooting. So talk about these kind of kits and what you guys retrofitted me with in the caliber size and all that. Sure, sure. Okay, I got to ask you one question. How much fun did you have building your own rifle? I had a lot of fun and we followed everything by the book and the instructions. It felt really good too to kind of know the mechanics behind it. Right. And now you have a completely new level of understanding of how specifically an AR-15 fits together and how all the pieces parts fit together. And I bet if something ever broke or went wrong or you just decide you wanted to upgrade, you'd be able to do that no problem, right? Yes. Because yeah, you know, and then the other thing, AR-15s, and this this is this is one of the and I'll be honest, before I started working at Brownells about 11 years ago, I had only two AR-15s, and now I have so many of them, I don't know how many of them I have, but I do have them at last <laughs> count in 10 different cartridges or 10 different calibers, because they're like, for building, they're like Lincoln Logs or Legos for grown-ups, is what I like to call them. Because yes. if you just have a few simple tools... A few simple, the most, probably the most complicated thing you need is a, a bench vise to hold a piece or a part still while you screw another piece on there or, or torque wrench it into place. And Brownells on brownells.com, you can find our AR-15 build 
a series of videos that breaks down all the components and pieces, parts, and shows you how to put them together. It's simple. It's pretty easy to do. And and there are certain things because Eugene Stoner and the guys who developed the AR-15, the AR-10 that became the AR-15, were absolute geniuses. Uh, There are certain things that are big-time issues with, say, a bolt-action rifle that just don't exist with an AR-15 because the pieces and the parts fit together so seamlessly and so well. It's easy to build, it's fun to build, and it's completely legal to build, too. As, as long as you're, you're, you're making it for yourself and you're, you're not going into the business of building them and selling them to other people, then, then you're going to run some problems. But as long as you're building your own gun for your own personal use, it's perfectly legal to do. Yes, it absolutely is. And it's going to come in handy, like I said, for my future endeavors. I just have to begin to test to make sure that everything will work Perfectly. I have no doubt we followed the book. There's not going to be any misfiring, but I want to test it and see, you know, that we did everything correctly and buy the Mm -hmm. book, but Mm -hmm. we did. My dad and I, we spent a few hours obviously building it and making sure we had to take apart certain things, make sure we were screwing everything correctly. And I was consulting you and being like, did I do this correct? What is going on here? And so I, I was grateful that you allowed me to vent to you, but it was a pretty seamless project altogether. And, you know, like you said, seeing it constructed and doing it yourself. And, and if you have any doubts about whether or not you did something correctly, or you want to add on, now we know how to do it. And it's super easy to deconstruct and take apart and be in control of, of something you built. And to see that this is not just some tool that has a mind of its own. And further in my journey, as I've become more and more acquainted with firearms across the decade or so that I've been handling them or around them, I reaffirm my knowledge that this is something that we're in control of. It's not just a a tool that has a mind of its own and that you have to be really, really careful even when constructing it or building an AR or a partial build, full build, what have you, that is obviously ATF compliant. Um, You have a responsibility, even when you're assembling something to practice all the rules, not pointing the muzzle towards anyone, even just having all those safety rules factored in when you're even trying to, trying to build your own from a kit um, and just keeping those rules at at bay. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the more you do it, the more it just becomes second nature. Now, of course, you never want to get complacent. And I I try to make myself feel a little bit nervous anytime I get get into a situation where I'm going to be, say, like on a shooting range, I'm going to be introducing new people to to shooting guns. So I always try to, you know, hey, Roy, get nervous. Pay attention. (laughs) Have a little bit of an edge, but not too much. But, you know, just enough to think, okay, safety, 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 safety. But the other thing, the other thing, and and this is part of my journey, too. Like I said, I only had two or three ARs when I started, and now I I don't know how many of them I have. I I don't have a whole lot of mechanical aptitude. I mean, I'm not the guy who goes out and wrenches on my car. I mean, for goodness sake, I got a master's. My dad does. (laughs) <laughs> it, I've got a master's degree in English literature, and I can, I've can i numerous times put together an AR-15 lower and put all the pieces parts while I'm sitting at the dinner table. I'll take a bite or two of something and then install this piece and take another bite or two and lose a little pin punch and drive that pin in. So I've literally at least five or six times put together an AR-15 lower <laughs> in between bites of food at the dinner table. So uh, <laughs> if I can do it, to that level, anybody can do it. And, and it's just a lot of fun. The other thing that, that you'll find is, especially the, the next time you build one, and there probably will be a next time, they're like potato chips. I got to warn you, they're like potato chips. You can't eat just Uh-oh, one. addicting. Yes. It, when you start putting together lowers and you start saying, you know, this trigger's okay, but it's kind of heavy and gritty. You know, I think it like a, a much better trigger. And then you discover, oh, hey, I can upgrade my own trigger 
it's easy. I can swap out the trigger, no problem. Or I wish this piece was different. I wish the buttstock was a little bit tighter. Oh, hey, I know how to swap out a buttstock, right? And 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 it just it just it just grows and snowballs and it's glorious. And then the other thing, I don't even know if I want to open this particular Pandora's box for you or not. But if <laughs> if, if you like that, uh, we sell. Uh, there's a company that 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 who's who's. Uh, complete pistol frames we sell and you can build a Glock style pistol in almost exactly the same way. Huh. Very fascinating. That's really cool. Roy, I want to talk briefly before I have you send people to connect with you Brownells. You guys do something really interesting with influencers. You call your band of influencers, the Bureau of Propaganda. Can you talk about that and the relationships you have with people in the industry to kind of get your brand out there and how you guys go about selecting those partnerships? Right, right, right. One of the things that uh, we jumped into working with social media content creators with both feet, oh, it's now about seven or eight years ago. And uh, we wanted to work with folks, not just standard here, sign on dotted line, do what we tell you to do. No, we, we, we listen to a lot of the content creators and we listen to what, how they like to work with people and also some of the, the, the not so uh, good stories they told about certain things going on in the industry. So we wanted something that would actually transcend and be bigger than Brownells. Because if you notice, if, if those of you who are listening, get on Instagram and search for Bureau of Propaganda or, or even check out Gabriella's uh, Instagram feed, and you'll see some B- some BOP, some Bureau of Propaganda stuff. I got to up wanted... my game first. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I'll oh, make that a New oh, Year's resolution well, too. Well, I see. I see how we're going to play it now. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we 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 give people a, we give people patches, we give people goofy gifts for Christmas, and we do it with a few things in mind. Number one, we want it to be fun. We want to, uh, to establish a sense of fun. We want to establish a spirit of camaraderie and togetherness. And the reason we call it the Bureau of Propaganda is uh, while shooting is very much a hobby and a sport in the United States, there, there's also, as we were talking earlier, there's absolutely a political component. And the simple truth is there are certain people who would love to be able to ban all of my guns and all of my ammo and tell me I can't do things like take my son to the range or, or I, I can't have a concealed carry permit or I shouldn't be allowed to hunt, you know, Bambi's mommy, et cetera, et cetera. There's all sorts of people who want to, would love to take all that stuff away from me and from everyone else involved in the second amendment community. So one of the other things that we, we, we created the Bureau of Propaganda uh, in mind with was helping folks to understand all of our roles as being ambassadors for the Second Amendment, because we need all the supporters and co-travelers that we can get. And as you were talking earlier, we we're talking earlier about state laws. That's where the real fight is right now for, for gun rights is going to be at the state level, especially with uh, Congress going to be split between the two parties going forward for the next couple of years. Uh, all the indications are that there's there, there may be things like federal regulations, changes, et cetera, but there's no, uh, I don't think there's a good chance that we're going to have anything like a sweeping federal gun ban passed. But, so where you're seeing a lot of the political activity is at the state level. So with the Bureau of Propaganda, and it's really this simple, we, we like to meet people in, in person if, if, if we get a good sense of who this person is and if, if we think that they would be down with what the, the mission of the BOP is, 
we invite them to be part of the BOP and we, we try to make it as fun and engaging and, and, and just a good thing to be a part of as possible. There's a lot of fraternity and sorority with it. I don't know if sorority is is like fraternity that can be used as a descriptor, but or, or the guys, French the French version of fraternité. Fraternité, yes. yes. There's a lot of fraternity <laughs> with it, and I've been able to meet some of the Bureau of Propaganda people, and they've become friends of mine. Rachel, for instance, Rachel Stroud, right? Um, some other people that I got to meet at Poma through your help, and it, these people are really really cool, and they do different stuff compared to regular gun influencers. So yes, I can totally vouch for a BOP, and I'll have to earn more of my own stripes and and to be a full fledged member. But I'm I'm on my way to it. I just have to be more <laughs> tactful with posting things. <laughs> well, you know. You know, we'll, we'll have a talk offline. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we will. We absolutely will. Sure. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, Roy. So where can everyone connect with you, Brownells, learn about all your different cool products, where you're going to be this year? Hand on all those links, please. Right. We we uh, we try to do a very good job of keeping folks informed. Of course, first and foremost, go to brownells.com, www.brownells.com. Uh, we also have extensive social media presences on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, whatever, just look for Brownells on Instagram or Brownells Inc. Brownells Inc. Because we there have been counterfeit uh, accounts in the past on Brown uh, on Instagram. For me personally, and and you can see a lot of the BOP stuff. I, I'm frequently wearing the shirt or doing whatever. Uh, my Instagram is, and yes, I am absolutely not kidding. It's Possum Fatback. P O S S U M Fatback. There is a story. Maybe I'll tell the story about possum fatback some at a later date on a different podcast. Later date, absolutely. And and then uh, uh, you can also uh, find lots of the BOP members on Instagram and even some on YouTube, etc. But please check us out. Uh, we sell all sorts of things. We have close to a hundred thousand products. Uh, and, and there's one more thing coming up in February. Uh, we did this last year, and and so we'll be posting a, a lot about this. Uh, last year on on second of February, excuse me, twenty second of February. So two twenty two in the year twenty twenty two. So last year it was two twenty two twenty two. We did the first ever Brownells two A day or Second Amendment day, and there will be a repeat of that for twenty twenty three. So Very we're nice. we're having meetings, we're organizing, uh, and it's similar to the BOP in that we're just organizing. Uh, events at various places across the country and we're asking folks hey show up to shooting range x come hang out come shoot a few rounds maybe have a piece of pizza and hang out with other like-minded folks who are into guns and shooting and, and learn more about this great second amendment that we have in the united states absolutely and we will send and we could talk about uh, actually i could even just on a monologue podcast talk about two a day so if you guys need to share it we'll share it here on district of conservation of course Roy, as always, thank you so much for coming on. And we talked about a large swath of issues. You are very knowledgeable. You're one of the best in the industry. Proud to call you a friend and really appreciate you updating us. Thank you very much. And I'm glad to be counted as one of your friends. And you're absolutely one of my friends. And whenever you finally get that AR-15 in six millimeter arc out there to the range, please send me pictures and video. I want to see you got how it. Shoots. Oh, there will be video and pictures. Definitely. Thank you again, awesome. Roy. Awesome. All right. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you haven't already, make sure you find us on your preferred podcast player. We largely circulate on Apple, Spotify, and countless others, but those are our two big podcast platforms we want to push. Make sure you're subscribed there, especially on Apple. 
If you like the podcast a lot, go leave us some reviews. We'd be more than grateful to get some five-star reviews from you guys. Moreover, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and a little bit on YouTube. We don't populate there, but connect with us on social media. Find me personally on social media with blue check marks. Super easy to find, and I would love to hear your feedback and know who you'd like to see on the podcast. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. Stay tuned for the next episode.